This is John Floridus. Welcome to Musician Spotlight. Today we welcome Lake Street Dive. This is John Floridus. Welcome to Musicians Spotlight. I'm very pleased today to be speaking to Bridget Carney of Lake Street Dive. Bridget, how are you doing? I'm doing 
Doing great. Thanks for having me, John. Thank you so much for making time to be on the show. And as I was saying right before we started the interview, I'm welcoming you back to Musician Spotlight. And I don't remember now if you were part of the interview with Joy Kill Sorrow, but uh, certainly the band was featured on the program. So your your playing, uh, your terrific bass playing and singing has definitely been on the program before, whether I don't know. Next time, I'll make sure to, to go back and listen to the, the interview to see if you were uh, I, yeah. part of that. But, but regardless, it's, your energy has been on the program uh, before. For sure. Let's put it that for way. Sure. Great. And <laughs> good to be back. Yeah, good to have you back. And as we were saying before we started the interview, you're calling from uh, Brooklyn, New York. Yes, I am. Here in my basement. All right. And what, what kind of weather we got going on there in Brooklyn today? Oof, it's rough. <laughs> it's cold and rainy. And that's eastern cold and rainy. That's that that uh, extra damp cold and rainy. Is, is, Definitely, yeah, it seeps rainy. into the bones. Uh huh. <laughs> well, as we are recording this in late October in Montana, we're coming out of a major winter storm that blasted through here over the weekend and uh, d- dropped a well over a foot of snow in the Missoula area and quite a bit more in the mountains. So wow, yeah, it's an interesting an interesting fall here in the United States and around the world. And we'll talk more about the other things that make it interesting, uh, as we, as we get going. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about Lake street dive. I want to make sure we mention the other band members. So can you give us a rundown of the lineup at this point? Yes. Um, Lake street dive is Rachel price on lead vocals, Mike Calabrese on drums and vocals, uh, Aki Burmese on keys and vocals um mike olson mcduck is on guitar and trumpet and occasionally we'll get him to sing a note or two (laughs) and yeah my name's bridget bass i play the bass you sure do uh and i want to talk about that specifically but in terms of the band itself obviously they're going to be very familiar to our listeners particularly public radio listeners. I know you've been a guest a number of times on uh, Live From Here, which uh, we were starting to see is not going to be continuing, but leaves a very nice legacy over the last few years as a great avenue for, for, live, or for live music and for uh, music in general on public radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, the band has nine albums, appearances on Another Day, Another Time show at the Town Hall, featuring music from and inspired by the Coen Brothers, uh, the film uh, Inside Llewellyn Davis, They've also appeared on many TV shows, The Colbert Report, Late Show with David Letterman, Conan, and The Ellen DeGeneres Show. And uh, yeah, and that's just a, a brief overview. And, and to also mention, you guys are, are total ro- road dogs, road warriors, as far as your live performances, doing, what, 150 shows a year or so? Something like that. Yeah, in, in normal years, we're definitely in yeah. road dog withdrawal right now. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. And certainly one thing that I want to talk a little bit more about this here in a little bit, but the video of I Want You Back certainly went viral and had over 6 million views and is a terrific way. If you want to just kind of get introduced to the group, if you're not familiar with their music, that's a good place to to start. Where I want to go back to, Bridget, was the initial idea in 2004, from what I understand, was a free country band. And I love this description. Uh, as in a country band that played free and the concept was abandoned in favor of something that actually sounded good, <laughs> according to mm. Mike Olson. So let's let's start there and uh, from the free country band and, and tell us how things progressed from there and how that idea even came up. Yeah, so um, the, the original four members, 
of the band, we all went to New England Conservatory together, and that's how we met. We were 19 and, you know, curious, <laughs> um, ambitious, weird. So we decided to come up with a sort of concept that we assumed no one had ever done before. Um, and yeah, that was to play this sort of like avant-garde country music. But of course, we were lacking in knowledge of either country music or avant-garde music. So <laughs> the result was a little disappointing. So we changed course and yeah, just started kind of really following our nose to the, the sound that we eventually landed on. A lot of trial and error, just like playing at little bars around Boston and kind of like seeing how things went over, seeing what people responded to and seeing what we as a group could pull off well. Bridget Carney joining us here on Musician Spotlight, joining us from Brooklyn, New York, where it's cold and damp at the moment as we record this. 
Indeed. <laughs> As she's in her basement studio. Let's talk about this, the video for I Want You Back, because that seems to be like, a, an, as I said earlier in the interview, it's a, a nice starting off point for folks if they're not familiar with the group, just kind of get a taste of what's going on. Talk about how that video came about and maybe even the selection of that particular tune, which uh, those of us of a certain age will remember in its original form. I think the very first version I had that uh, of that song as a recording, they actually used to do this on the back of cereal boxes. They would have uh, playable 45s. And there was a four, I think it was sugar, super sugar what? crisp. Yes, this is for real. And you could, and when you're done with the cereal, you would cut this out and it probably played for a couple times. And I swear to God, it was I Want You Back by the Jackson 5 was the first one of those uh, that I got. And that was my introduction to the song. So given that <laughs> juicy nugget of information, uh, how did you guys come across the song and what made you decide like, this is one we want to inhabit? Well, we were, um, I, I guess like the music of Motown has kind of been a big part of what we were influenced by as a band. And one of the things that's awesome about that sound is it has a prominent role for the bass. And there's there's oftentimes these like very active melodic bass parts in, in those songs. And so this was a song that has that characteristic. And as we were discussing, like in, in that formation, also in that video, we're still drums, bass, trumpet, and vocals. And so you needed to find songs where like the bass line was had was prominent and and memorable and hooky and you know it doesn't it the ensemble won't really work if the bass is purely playing as we call them footballs, you know, whole notes um <laughs> sure. sort of traditional simple bass parts. So that was one of the things that drew us to that song was the bass part. And um, so on that day that we made that video, we we hadn't really, we had no idea that this would eventually have 6 million views. We were standing like on our friend's front lawn and we were just like, hey, Greg, would you mind filming us? And we filmed a couple different songs. We filmed that song and also Rich Girl by Hollow Notes. And I think um, Clear a Space, one of Rachel's songs that she wrote for the band. And so we filmed it. We put it out. Um, you know, our moms and dads liked it and, <laughs> and a few other people. And then it wasn't until months later that it somehow took off and was, you know, the Internet did the thing that it does. And actually, we were... This was a while back, so I feel like the band kind of came of age at the same time that YouTube and and social media was also um, coming of age. So mm -hmm. the the phenomenon was kind of new, and it was all very shocking and exciting <laughs> when that video started like circulating, and and all sorts of people from different parts of our lives were reaching out to us and saying, "Hey, I saw you on the internet," you know. <laughs> Great job. Well, one of the things that, that appeals to me about that version of the song, that arrangement, is, you know, just the simple idea of just slowing down the tune. And in a way, it just it really brings out the groove that's there anyway from the original Jackson 5 version. It just it just seems like it fits perfectly. For sure. Yeah, I think like one of the things that we as a band think about is like um, isolating 
fundamental building blocks of music and and using those as as tools for creativity. So yeah, in this case, you're you're talking about tempo, which is like one of the very basic building blocks of music and um, something as simple as just dialing that knob way back and keeping a lot of other things relatively the same makes a huge difference in the way that the song comes across and the way you feel when you listen to the song and what the words mean to right. you. And, yeah, I thought about that too. Um, yeah, it's it's a, a really interesting thing. And, and of course, like whenever we cover music and find ways of turning other people's songs into our own songs so, sort of or you know just uh giving them a different sound it's that's an education and all the tools that you have at your disposal and making your own music too because it makes us think about like okay we've tried this new song and it it sort of feels a certain way but like what if we just you know change the change the tempo change the key change like one chord like all these little things make such a huge difference in in what the story that the song ends up telling when I had you to myself I didn't want you around Those pretty faces always made you stand out in the crowd But someone picked you from the bunch One glance was all it took Now it's much too late for me to take
We're speaking today with Bridget Carney on Musicians Spotlight from Lake Street Dive. And Bridget, I wanted to ask in talking a little bit about how you arrange uh, a tune that is as well known as I Want You Back and how you approach the concept of doing cover tunes. I want to ask about the songwriting process and how that works for the group. So in the band, um, we have always had four writers and now we have five writers. Everybody, including Aki Burmese, our newest members, is writing for the band now. And so that's really exciting um, to have so many different people that are throwing ideas into the mix. And we generally start with like one person kind of uh, creating the the foundation for a song and then recently we've been doing kind of duo collaborations where like say I come up with an idea a chorus and maybe a one verse or something and and think of that idea and say okay who might be good for a collaborator on this song in the band and so I would send it to one of my other four bandmates usually I think it's it's kind of works better for like just two of us to basically complete the the song um and then bring that into the band and and that's when we start like arranging the song together so um sometimes before that phase i mean mo most of the time the the one or two writers will create a demo that has like rudimentary ideas of what the other parts might be but then of course everyone is um you know, great at their own instruments and has their own character they're playing. So it's it's always an invitation for, for people to kind of put their own stamp on it mm -hmm. at that point. This is John Floridas. You're listening to Musicians Spotlight. And we're speaking today with Bridget Carney, calling us from Brooklyn, New York. She's the bass player and one of the vocalists from Lake Street Dive. Again, Bridget, thanks so much for making time to visit with us here on Musicians Spotlight. What I wanted to ask about next was two projects that kind of relate to one another, with both with fantastic uh, titles. I'll make sure I get them correct. Free Yourself Up, which was a full-length recording, and then Freak Yourself Out, the companion piece, if we will, uh, which was an EP. Let's talk about those projects and how they came about and, and how they relate to one another, besides having great titles. <laughs> <laughs> So um, we recorded Free Yourself Up and Freak Yourself Out over the course of maybe five months or so, like coming in and out of the studio and actually doing it in a couple of different spots too. Um, most of it was recorded in Nashville and some of it was recorded in upstate New York. But uh, this was our first time... Uh, this is our first time self-producing mm, and it's a big deal i guess like yeah i mean like in the when we've made our first records which we don't even make available to people anymore because they're embarrassing <laughs> um i guess we were technically self-producing then too because we didn't have a producer but anyways we're just ca counting those out of the equation so the last couple of records before free yourself up we worked with dave cobb um, and we worked with Sam Kassir and they were both like really incredible producers and, and taught us a lot about how to use the studio and how to construct an album from start to finish, create the arc for the album, create the sound for the album. Um, but we felt like we were ready to just get in there and, um, and try our hand at doing it ourselves. And I think it was probably the most fun we've ever had in the studio. It was just like... A playground we were kind of yeah felt super free to like just 
try out any idea that came to our mind. And I think it, it also like resulted in an album that sounds really like us because mm. it's it's all us that were in there just you know being ourselves so um i guess that makes the sort of album title free yourself up uh was what we landed <laughs> yeah, on that sure. was kind of indicative of the the process um and then freak yourself out we put out an, about six months later and it was around halloween time i believe <laughs> and so that title seemed appropriate and related. And also, I think the material on Freak Yourself Up, Freak Yourself Out. <laughs> I'm glad you did it, not me. <laughs> that that was kind of the, the furthest that we went, the deepest that we went into the rabbit hole was the material that's on that. So it's it's a little, little zanier, a little more experimental and fun.
We'll be back with more of our visit with Lake Street Dive on Musicians Spotlight. Welcome back to Musicians Spotlight and our visit with Lake Street Dive. If you're gonna tell them everything, tell them I'm a good kisser. Tell them all the things you told me in your desperate whisper. If you're gonna tell them everything, don't leave out the good part. Tell them the way that you broke my heart when you told me that you missed her. Bridget Carney joining us here on Musicians Spotlight. Bridget, the bass player and one of the vocalists for Lake Street Dive. I opened up the Facebook page and uh, some other avenues of social media to get some suggestions for questions 
from our listeners. And this one comes from Sina in Kodiak, Alaska. And she listens to the program on uh, KMXT up there in Kodiak, who carries the program as well as some other stations around the country. And she wants to know what is the one thing that they could say they in terms of the band, or you could make this more personal about yourself uh, as well but that you've learned from the COVID pandemic experience that was an unexpected blessing? Hmm. Um, well, I think, you know, so many of us are like self-isolated right now, separated from the people that we normally see a lot and separated in, in our case from each other, but also from our fans and from our shows. And I, in terms of a blessing that, that uh, reflecting on this period of being on indefinite pause with the live music industry has really made me feel like, you know, everything preceding this is was a blessing and mm. is a blessing and will be a blessing again. Um, yeah, especially in the spring when, when this all began, um, we had come off of uh, the last two gigs that we did were um, Brandy Carlisle's festival in Mexico, which was so awesome. And it was like Brandy and Cheryl Crow and Lucius and Yola and just like an incredible community event. And then after that, we did the Kayamo Cruise in February, which was with Mavis Staples and Jeff Tweedy and definitely in the moment when we were there, you know, there was there was an appreciation for how sh special it was. But I think a couple months later, you know, being uh, cr crammed in our own apartments and not knowing when this would all come back, it was like, wow, that was that was really special. All these things that we've gotten to do in places that we've gotten to go, musicians that we've gotten to collaborate with, and and just playing for for a bunch of people who love our music those things are so special and yeah we're we're um very grateful for like everything that we've had and can't wait to um you know get back out there now i know that you if i'm not mistaken the band has a regular kind of halloween themed uh experience that you do is that right we do yeah we've been doing this for for maybe 10 years where we um we dress up as another band and then cover a song by that band and take a video of it. Um, we haven't done it every year. It's generally a sort of annual battle where like there's a couple of us in the band that love Halloween and there's a couple that like don't. <laughs> so it's always like I, I'm I'm in the loving Halloween camp. So, mm -hmm. you know, like months in advance, I'll be just like planting seeds like, oh, what if we did this? You know, I'll be like buying costumes like surreptitiously just to have them at the ready in case everyone's on board you know um and then most years most years the pro halloween camp wins the battle but um <laughs> we've we've lost occasionally i should maybe tell listeners one of the reasons i'm asking this question is that we are doing this interview on uh i guess halloween eve October 30th, 2020. So that's part of my reason for asking. Well, maybe here's, here's a question related to the band. What has been your favorite costume in this whole configuration that you do for Halloween where you're dressing up as other bands? Well, this year we did the rooftop concert of the Beatles and Billy Preston. 
And so that's like, you know, the Let It Be era. They they filmed like Don't Let Me Down. So we we learned three Beatles songs, which we've always been like super into the Beatles and very influenced by them. But we've rarely played songs by the Beatles. So it's that was really fun to learn those songs. Um, and yeah, but for me, like Paul McCartney's, you know, total hero. He's like one of my favorite songwriters and favorite bass players. So I got to be Paul and that was thrilling um i was wearing like a fake beard which i've never done before <laughs> i did see that i saw a little bit of the video online yeah and i found it uh i it was very hard to drink liquids it's one thing i've never <laughs> experienced before oh uh, i was gonna say the other one that really sticks out in my memory from our halloween videos was when we did um bohemian rhapsody um dressed up as queen and did that and what was really fun about that one was just learning Bohemian Rhapsody which is such an incredible piece of music and it took us like about a month of like we were on the road and every day we would assign one of the band members to like transcribe another four bars or whatever of the arrangement teach it to everybody and then we would practice and so yeah the process of just like learning that incredible piece of music was you know all all Halloween jokes aside that was just really really amazing well that's where that new england conservatory of music training would come in handy i would think <laughs> yes thank you nec Fall down 
Bridget Carney from Lake Street Dive is joining us here on Musicians Spotlight. Bridget, I wanted to ask about the band and their work outside of music. I know you have a separate tab on your website called Giving Back. And can you talk a little bit about that and, and maybe some of the other projects you have going on that you know, involve the band, but maybe not necessarily uh, strictly for musical purposes? Yeah, so um, there's a couple things that we're doing right now that we're involved with. Um, that are really important to us. Um, one of them is uh, we started over the summer this program called Virtual Lessons for Actual Change. And it stemmed from some of uh, what, what everybody was um, talking about and worrying about in the month of June following George Floyd's death. Um, we were looking for a way that we could get involved with um, helping out in the movement for racial justice. And sometimes in the past when there have been issues that we're passionate about and want to support, we would like put on a benefit concert and invite a bunch of people to show up and, and give money. But of course, that's not possible right now. So Mike, our drummer, had this idea that we could offer lessons um, over Zoom and charge people for the lessons and then just send all of that money to organizations that are fighting for racial justice. And so we started doing that in June, just like through our Facebook page and um, getting our fans to sign up for lessons with the four, the five of us. And, uh, and then it went great. It was so nice to connect with people. People were really happy to support the cause. And so we decided to expand it and invite a bunch of our other musician friends to do the same thing. So hey. that's what this website, um, it's virtuallessonsforactualchange.com. And there's, I think, like 35 or so teachers now. Um, really incredible musicians. Um, we've got, like, somebody from the Punch Brothers, somebody from Rebel Bucket, somebody from Sheryl Crow's band, somebody from the Late Show band. Um, yeah, just all these people that are donating their time and offering lessons. So really excited about that project and um, I think we had 125 lessons in October, and they're all again. All the money is going to um, 
four different organizations that are fighting for racial justice. So that's one thing that we're doing. And then another thing that we're really passionate about is climate activism. And so we've been doing things related to that for a while. We've um, been involved with this organization called Cool Effect that uh, helps us do like carbon emissions um, or sorry, uh, carbon offsets. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Cool Effect helps us uh, buy carbon offsets for everything that we have to do to to be on the road. You know, we we fly places a lot. We take the bus a lot. And so this is an opportunity for us to help try to offset those carbon emissions. And um, yeah, they're one of our partners. That's another thing that we're just passionate about. And actually our newest song that we put out recently, Making Do, is related to climate change and the effects of climate change and, um, you know, our sort of responsibility to maintain a a, uh, beautiful world for our, our children to inherit.
Bridget, I have to ask, because I ask this question of any bass player that I have on the program, I have a theory that uh, the bass player always has the best ears in the band. So I'd like you to comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. So, so uh-huh. yeah, there, there may be a relationship. Um, everybody in, in our band has really good ears. So including, yeah, I think sometimes the drummer gets a bad rap for being not as, as musical, but Mike Calabrese is, has an incredible ear and he's, yeah, a, a, quite a harmonic and melodic master. So, yeah, I don't know, but maybe you're right. I mean, in general, there's, there could be a correlation. And what would that correlation be? I want you to expound on this a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my ideas, but I'm curious to hear yours. Um, well, I haven't prepared an answer for this, but <laughs> I, th- I guess like you could think that because the bass is playing single note lines as opposed to like a guitar or a keyboard is often playing chords. And so like playing single note lines, I think... Uh, would require you to have a great um, ear for like intervallic uh, motion. Hmm. And so, yeah, maybe that would have something to do with it that you're, you've always got to hear before you play your next note. You've got to imagine what it's going to be and, you know, make a choice about which one you should play. And so that's different than kind of like strumming a guitar and saying, okay, I know the next chord is is B minor, so I'm going to move to the shape of a B minor. But with with um, with bass players, you're you're always choosing a note within the chord and trying to create melodic motion within that. So I don't know. That's a theory. That's good. Bridget, one more question about you and specifically your bass playing. Uh, you're a very expressive player. And you don't have to see the videos to see it. You can hear it in your playing. So I'm going to ask you this question. Where do you go when you're playing? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Great question. Yeah, I'm definitely just right there in the music. I mean, sometimes I would close my eyes and uh, maybe in some ways that would help me focus more. But I'm always listening uh, to what I'm playing, listening to... um, what I'd like to be playing next mm-hmm. <laughs> and also listening to the rest of the band. So that's like uh, super important, I think, for for playing in an ensemble is just paying attention to, oh, Mike's like really building up over there. Something is, you know, about to blow. So then you can you can be a part of that. You can share that together and kind of, oh, you know, we're, we're getting into verse three now. We're taking it down, taking it down. Um, or like certainly whatever Rachel's emoting in the vocals, you know, I'd definitely be tuned into that. In terms of expression, yeah, I'm always excited to kind of make uh, some choices with my my right hand and with my sort of sustain of the left hand and, and just all these little articulation things are like really exciting to me when you can you can really make an instrument speak, you know, you're, you're not just like playing a certain note or another note, you're like making each note uh, have its own character. To the next generation, Merry Christmas, you're working harder than ever now in the coffee. Sex. You know 
LakeStreetDive.com is the name of the website. You can go there to find out more about the band, their recordings, and um, and obviously, you know, touring on pause right now, but some streaming performances going on occasionally and all kinds of other stuff, including the um, program for lessons and, and other, other stuff going on there at the website. And merch, lots of merch there. Lots of Lake Street Dive merch to be had. We got sweatshirts. Yeah. We got mugs. Lots of good stuff there. So LakeStreetDive.com is the place to go for that and free yourself up and freak yourself out that together would be a great uh, <laughs> that's the next album the combination of the two but those are two <laughs> distinct recordings their most recent recordings check both of those out and support the band that way bridget thank you so much for making time to be a guest on musician spotlight and as we've gone through the interview i'm just i'm almost positive you were on the show before when we had joy kill sorrow so again thank you for making time to join us again on musician spotlight and I look forward to getting a chance to seeing you down the road and being able to speak with you again face-to-face and voice-to-voice. Thanks for having me back. Be well. Well, I guess it would be nice If I could touch your body I know not everybody Has got a body like you But I gotta think twice Before I give my heart away this is John Floridas. You've been listening to Musicians Spotlight. Our guest has been Lake Street Dive. 
If you'd like to contact us, you can do so through the Montana Public Radio website, mtpr.org, as well as through our own website, musicianspotlight.org. You can also find us online on Facebook and on Twitter. Our program is available as a podcast from those websites, as well as through iTunes and Spotify. Lake Street Dive is releasing a new album called Obviously. You can find more information about that at their website, lakestreetdive.com. Musicians Spotlight is a production of Montana Public Radio.